0: Welcome to episode 58 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'll be recapping the books I read in February before we get started, this is your friendly reminder to rank and review us on iTunes. Um, I actually did this myself for a few of my favorite podcasts last week. It's a really simple process. If you listen through the iTunes or podcast app on your cell phone or on your iPhone, um, you can just rate or review us right there. It's really easy. It doesn't take very long at all. Um, And I will put a direct link in the show notes in case you're accessing the podcast from another source other than the podcast podcast app. Um, But this really helps us spread the word about the bookshelf, about the podcast, so if you are so inclined, I'd love it if you would rate or review us on iTunes. Um, It would really mean a lot to the bookshelf and to the podcast, so... um, let's go ahead and get started. In January, I think I read nine books. So February was a little different. I read, um, six books and I'm actually almost done with one. Um, I'm recording this on March 1st, so I guess that'll be a March read, but I may go ahead and and give you my two cents on it before we head into March. Um, It was a good reading month. February is a little quieter in the store, um, but it was also busy personally, so kind of hard to find time to read, which I know so many of us feel that way. Um, My best tip or my best piece of advice is always to just carry a book wherever you are, and so that way when you have a spare minute, instead of scrolling through Instagram or scrolling through Twitter, um, you can reach into your bag or in your car for a book. So that's what I kind of try to do, and as a result, I wound up reading six books in February. So the first book I read was called Let's Just Say It Wasn't Pretty. This is a memoir by Diane Keaton. Um, I should introduce February reads by saying that February is my birth month. So I was born on February 2nd, that's my birthday, and my husband for my birthday gave me book bonds, which are not a real thing, There's something he made up. But basically, I love visiting independent bookstores, but I can't always buy things from independent bookstores because I own an independent bookstore. <laughs> and so sometimes, I, I mean, I try to buy little things, but rarely do I buy books at independent bookstores because I know that I can get it um, for cheaper, I guess at my own bookshop. But for my birthday, Jordan got me book bonds, which basically meant I had some money to spend at a couple of different of my favorite um, independent bookstores. So I wound up buying, let's just say it wasn't pretty, at Sundog Books. I'll put a link to them in the show notes. They're a great little bookstore in Seaside, Florida. If you're ever there on a beach vacation, that is a place you absolutely must go. It is one of my favorite indie bookstores, and I was thrilled to be able to buy some things from them for my birthday. So picked up Let's Just Say It Wasn't Pretty. It's a book that's been on my list for a while. I like Diane Keaton. I think she's interesting, and I was curious what her writing style would be like or what her memoir would be like. Um, It is a unique book. I think it's actually her second memoir, but um, this was actually my 30th birthday, and so I really was interested in reading a book kind of about aging and aging gracefully, and that's what Let's Let's Just Say It Wasn't Pretty is about. Um, you get a lot of insight into Diane Keaton and her life. She is, or she comes across just as quirky as you suspect she might be based on her interviews and her her personality on social media. Um, and the book actually covered a lot about aging and beauty and grace, particularly um, from her perspective, being in Hollywood. And although the writing style was really different from what I was expecting, it's not your standard memoir. I think it's really it's well written, but it's a very different, I don't know, I don't know if it read like blog posts or snippets. Um, It was very creative. It was a a very creative um, take, I think, on aging and beauty. And I loved it just because of when I read it. I think sometimes books hit us at just the right time. And so this particular book hit me at just the right time. I'm not sure if I would have enjoyed it um, as much at a different stage of life or um, or what but this was really a fast book a book that i could read like i said in snippets the chapters were pretty short um, and also get some insight not only into diane keaton but just some overarching insight into beauty and society's take on beauty uh, on beauty and um, i i do recommend this one i especially think it would make a great gift for a girlfriend who's having a a birthday or like a a milestone birthday, like turning 40 or 50, um, I just, I think people would really appreciate what she has to say. It also might make along those lines, a, a nice hostess gift, you know? Um, so if you're in the market for something like that, I think this would be perfect. Um, again, that book was called, let's just say it wasn't pretty by Diane Keaton. The next book I read in February, um, I think, it's hard to say, but I think this might have been my favorite book in February. Um, my Name is Lucy Barton by Elizabeth Strout. So you will probably recognize Elizabeth Strout's name. She wrote the Pulitzer Prize-winning short story collection Olive Kittredge. HBO, I think, made a mini-series out of out of that book. I read Olive Kittredge when it first came out as part of a book club I was in. If I am remembering correctly, my book club actually did not love Olive Kittredge. I remember not loving it, but I did love parts of it. So I think I enjoyed Elizabeth Strout's point of view, but I didn't love Olive Kittredge as a whole, if that makes sense. I still think it might be worth reading or worth trying. However, my name is Lucy Barton. Her new novel, I think, is great. Now, I've a couple of customers have provided me with their feedback on this one, and I don't know if everyone feels the same way I do, um, but that's what this is for, so that you can get different perspectives and so that you can hear hear mine and then take it with a grain of salt, because a couple of customers um, I think just thought this one was okay, but I actually preferred My Name is Lucy Barton to Olive Kittredge. I actually really liked this book, and it's a difficult one to explain. I actually, um, there's sometimes when I think it's just better to go into a book blind, so I'm going to try to limit how much I tell you about the book, except to say, for example, um, I took it with me to a doctor's appointment I had in February, and my doctor asked what I was reading and wanted to know what it was about. And this is a difficult book to describe, so I kept it to it's a mother-daughter story, because that's really all you need to know. The book is narrated by the fictional character Lucy Barton, and you know she is um, looking back on an extended hospital stay when her mother came to visit, and so basically this is a conversation between a mother and a daughter. Um, I I think this really showcased Elizabeth Strout's writing talents. Um, again, maybe getting some mixed reviews from customers. Um, I'm not. I cannot remember what the New York Times book review said about this one, um, but I was impressed. I really liked it. I don't know. If it's just the right length, like it—it's not too long. Um, it's actually quite short, but the the subject matter just has depth to it, and I—I I really liked it. This was my favorite book in February. I don't know if it'll make my favorite books of 2016 list. It's too early to say, but really enjoyed My Name is Lucy Barton by Elizabeth Strout. Also, it's a beautiful book, so I would go ahead and snag it in hardcover, and I'm not just saying that as a bookseller. It's a really beautiful book to have on your shelf, so that's always worth considering, too. The next book I read is called The Good Goodbye by Carla Buckley, Um, frequently I will get asked how I pick what books I'm going to read. Sometimes that's dictated by publisher reps, sometimes that's dictated by what Thomasville is reading and what I need to be reading. I picked up The Good Goodbye because Domino Magazine, um, which is a publication I really enjoy, released um, an article about their most Uh, most anticipated novels of the spring, I think, and a customer tagged us in a post about it, and so I went to the list and recognized some of the titles, and this is one I ordered for the shop. Um, The Good Goodbye is interesting because I think a lot of publishers are trying to really push thrillers, and so this book seems to be being pushed or publicized as a thriller or a suspense novel. I would actually not call it that, um... This is a novel that is more of a family drama, I think. I mean, there are definitely some suspenseful parts, but to me, it's way more in line with a family drama like um, Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. In fact, when I first started The Good Goodbye, that is what this book reminded me of. Um, and then I think it kind of dovetails a little bit or tapers off a little um, to be not quite as literary as Celeste Ng's book, if you know what I mean. So I'm not sure I'd recommend The Good Goodbye to a super literary reader, but fans of Jodie Picoult or um, maybe Joshlyn Jackson or Kimberly McRae's um, Reconstructing Amelia is a comparable title. I would recommend this for, for fans of Those titles. Um, Basically, The Good Goodbye is um, it opens with um, Natalie Falcone. She's a mother of um, a teenage daughter who's just gone off to college and she works in, um, she runs her own restaurant, and so we kind of get that glimpse of her right off the bat. And she gets this phone call, of course, the phone call every parent dreads that her daughter has been in an accident, her dorm room caught on fire, and they suspect arson and the book kind of careens from there. I, again, I wouldn't call this suspenseful. It's a page turner, um, but again, more in line with Jodie Picoult than with um, than with a suspense book, like a Gillian Flynn or something. So um, if you are a Jodie Picoult fan, or if you read Reconstructing Amelia, which I did, and I loved Reconstructing Amelia, I thought The Good Goodbye was um, perfectly in line with those books. So it's not one that I am just going to rave about, but it is one that I enjoyed. And I certainly think as we approach like spring break, summer vacation, um, this is a beach book without feeling too mindless. Um, and I, I feel like I say that a lot, but that's because I really like books that are that are beach books or, or a little bit lighter without being too light, if that makes sense. So um, The Good Goodbye by Carla Buckley worth checking out, I think. And I can see why I should I should say that that Domino Magazine article, which was about their most anticipated spring novels, um, really specifically referenced people who have to take the train to work. Um, so, and I can certainly see how a book like this would be would be the perfect book to kind of dive into as you're trying to make a commute or as you're kind of reading chapter by chapter and following along. Um, because it's not suspenseful, like you can put it down if you need to, but it, it does have... Um, very clever pacing that keeps you wanting to come back for more. So um, Good Goodbye by Carla Buckley. The next book I read was another one that I purchased with my book bonds. Um, I read The Interestings this month by Meg Wolitzer. It is so tough as a bookseller to try to decide what I'm going to read next. Um, And that's not just the same dilemma that all of us have. I think it's difficult for me or for some of my staff because you have to stay on top of what's current and you have to read these new books that are coming out or these advanced reader copies that are coming out. But you also have books on the backlist that you want to read. So backlist titles, that's a publishing term I don't think I would have known much about before owning a bookstore, but basically those are books that are published probably more than a year ago. And so they're on the backlist; they're not new releases anymore, Um, but they're still so. I mean, so often they're still worth reading. Um, So the interesting falls in that category. It's one that's been on our shelf for a while, um, meaning people generally like Meg Wolitzer, but I had not read her before, and so I saw this book actually at the Hidden Lantern bookstore. I'll post a link to that store in the show notes. That is a bookstore in Rosemary Beach, Florida, so right down the street, about maybe 20 minutes away from Sundog Books. It's another favorite indie bookstore of mine, and so I was happy and thrilled to be able to support them with some of my birthday money, and bought the Interestings and finally gave it a read probably middle of the month. It's a thick book, and um, I picked it up not only because customers have generally recommended Meg Willitzer, but it sounded exactly like the kind of story I would normally enjoy. So it features, oh, I think four or five, um, friends who meet first as teenagers at this summer camp for artistically minded teens. And then they, the book follows them as they grow up and move into adulthood and middle age. And the name these kids, these teenagers have for themselves, uh, are, is The Interestings. And actually, um, Hunter, frequent podcast contributor, he started reading it and he was like, I just don't know if I can read a book about people who think that they're interesting, who call themselves interesting. And that point that Hunter made is exactly the point that Meg Wolitzer makes. So you can roll your eyes or kind of, be snarky about this group of people that calls themselves the interestings, but meg is in on the joke like the author is in on this idea that people who call themselves interesting may not actually be all that interesting um so that's kind of a neat just aside um i enjoyed this one here's the thing I think a comparable title to this one is A Little Life and you've heard me rave about that book and that book is not for everyone. In fact, I recommended it to a customer with several caveats and and concerns before she bought it and she came back and sure enough, she just couldn't do it. And that is fine. There is nothing wrong with that. If you can stomach A Little Life, which um, goes into some pretty deep territory um, about child abuse. Um, if you can do that book, you should. Um, it was up for the National Book Award last year. I still highly recommend it. However, I think The Interestings could be a comparable, maybe safer title if um, if some of your trigger points or um, if you're hesitant about reading about child abuse or anything like that, The Interestings doesn't deal with really any of that. A Little Life is a story about a group of friends as they age and grow older, and that's what this book is. And so if you want that part of the book without the the grief and the tragedy, then The Interestings could be an alternative for you. I personally, because I loved A Little Life so much, I could have been content just reading A Little Life. I'm not sure... I needed to read The Interestings. I'm glad to say that I did. I'm glad to be able to tell people that I did, mostly because people talk a lot about about Meg Wolitzer, and now I can contribute to that conversation. Um, But because of my own um, kind of awe for a little life, The Interestings... I think, through no fault of its own, really fell a little flat. I'd love to know what others of you think. Like I said, this is a book that's been out a while, so some of you may have read it, and I'd love your opinions on it um, because I feel like it made the rounds when it when it debuted a few a couple of years ago, a few years ago. Um, I did love how Meg. Woolitzer well, sort of kind of told this story without making it a linear story. What I mean is, it didn't just start with them as teenagers with these characters as teenagers and then chapter by chapter like increased by a couple of years or Or move on decade by decade. Instead, I think this is way smarter. I also think it's probably far more difficult to do as a writer, but um, the stories kind of weave throughout the years, and so you get glimpses of them when they're in their 20s, then a little couple of glimpses of them when they're in their 40s, then back to the 20s and 30s, and so she's able to tell that story without like chapter one, 1980, chapter two, 1990. Do you know what I mean? And so I think in that case it's very smartly written and um, and very well done in that way. I really appreciated the timing and how she approached time with this book. Um, again, I I liked this one. I didn't love it, and I I don't know that I needed to read it because because for a coming of age story, I actually preferred a little life, um, and for and for a story about a group of friends kind of artistically-minded friends. I think A Little Life did more for me, but if A Little Life isn't for you, then The Interestings probably is, if that makes sense. So I would love to know your thoughts. Um, at the end, of course, I'll tell you all how to how to reach us on social media, and I'd love to know your thoughts about The Interestings by Meg Wolitzer. Next, I read American Housewife by Helen Ellis. Um, American Housewife is actually a short story collection. I feel like I every so often get to dive into a short story collection and actually read the whole thing. Um, I think one that I read last year that I really enjoyed was called Single, Carefree, and Mellow. Um, American Housewife is similar to that book in that that book talked about being single, carefree, and mellow. And this book, um, each story in the collection um, is about American housewives or an American housewife. I thought this book was hilarious. I, I am sure you have probably seen this book because the cover is pretty, um, pretty obvious, I guess, like uh, pretty eye-catching. So you've probably seen it. It's got a woman on the front with curlers in her hair reading a book. Um, Helen Ellis is from if she's not from there, she's living there currently, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And so this book has some kind of Southern tones to it, though not every story has those tones, but I really thought those were spot on and funny. Um, there are just some clever stories in here and it's my understanding that several of the stories have been published before in other publications. Um, but this is, um, the first collection, I guess, that gets all of them together in one place. Um, I saw this book, or I heard about this book on a podcast that I listen to regularly, and it's gotten some pretty great reviews since it came out, so it's not just me that likes this book. Um, Let's see, one of the short stories talks about um, this book club and what what is required of the housewives who join this book club. Um, Another one is about this Writer who's kind of a has-been, and she goes on dumpster diving with the stars instead of dancing with the stars. I thought that was hilarious. Um, this is a short collection of stories, meaning once you pick up one, if you like one of her stories, you will want to read them all, and it won't take you long. I think I read this one in just a day. Like, in just a couple settings, I finished it because I thought each story was so, so great. There's another one that stuck with me where... Um, someone moves into um, an apartment next door and so it's kind of about this battle between these two neighbors, these two women neighbors. It is so funny. I just, gosh, I just really like this book. So if you need something snarky to read, um, pick up American Housewife by Helen Ellis. I don't think you'll be disappointed especially if you're a short story fan and even if you're not because I don't get to read a ton of short story collections. They just don't sell as well, which is sad. Um, But this is a really great one. So, I we have a few copies in the store and I'm hoping we'll sell some because gosh, it's really great. Okay, and then to close out the month, I'll probably try to reference um the book that I'm reading right now, but um to close out the month, the first uh, the last book that I read in its entirety was Opening Bell by Maureen Sherry. So, I picked this one up. I'm trying to remember why. I think I was looking for something just kind of light and fun and As you'll recall, a few minutes ago, I talked about the good goodbye and how it's a beach read, but with thought, like it'll, it'll probably actually make really great book club discussion. I didn't even mention that, but, um, it'll kind of get you thinking it's not, there's substance to it. Like it's not so light that it's just fluffy. Um, opening bell is fluffy. (laughs) So, um, and I don't say that in an ugly way. I just say that to kind of let you know what you're getting into. So opening bell is kind of stereotypical, uh, quote unquote chick lit. Um, and one day we'll need to talk more about whether or not that's an appropriate genre, (laughs) genre title, because I'm not sure that it is, but for lack of a better term, that's what this book is kind of in the same vein as the shopaholic series or something like that. Um, I figured I'd like to read this. Um, I think it could also be compared to The Royal Wee, um, I feel like there are a couple of others out there. The knockoff was really popular last summer. This is kind of in that same vein. So I hate to be derogatory about it because um, I don't know that chick lit is the best description for it. But That gives you kind of an idea of how different it is from something like The Good Goodbye. So when I say this is a light, fluffy beach read, I mean it is a light, fluffy beach read. Um, In fact, my nickname for this book is The Big Short Light. I never read The Big Short by Michael Lewis, but Jordan and I were able to see that movie um, when it came out a few months ago. It's about the housing crash. It's really great. If you are into Oscar-nominated films, go see that one. Um, But opening Bell is kind of like the big short in that the main character, she's a um, female working her way up on Wall Street. She's been in the trenches for years. And so you kind of get this glimpse at Wall Street. The book takes place in 2007, so again, before the crash. Um, And you kind of get... Really, I did think it was interesting. You get this really interesting insight into what Wall Street was like. And Maureen Sherry, the author of the book, was a, um, an analyst or somebody in Wall Street. So she worked on Wall Street for years. And it's not based on her life, but she certainly used her life experience to influence the writing of Opening Bell. Um, So you get a lot of interesting female-male dynamics because that's a pretty male-dominated, or it was a pretty male-dominated field. Even if you watched the big short, it definitely has a boys' club vibe, and I don't think that's just the movie. I think that is what it's really like, and so you get, in this novel, you get this perspective of what it's like to be a woman working on Wall Street. In that way, it's not light and fluffy. It's actually really interesting, Um, and I recommended it to a friend right when I was about halfway through and it's really a lesson to just wait and give your recommendations till you're done not because I wouldn't recommend this book anymore but the book took a more romantic turn about halfway through I mean you could kind of see it coming I guess but I really was loving this working woman kind of story and that story is certainly told but it also kind of delves more into some romance and some parts get a little cheesy um but still enjoyable. So I would still recommend it, especially to, um, to one of my friends. I really think she would like it. Um, but it definitely changed in my opinion, it kind of changes vibes somewhere there in the middle. I will say that Reese Witherspoon has already bought the rights to this book. I think she has already cast herself as the main, uh, as the female protagonist, Belle. Um, so this is going to probably become popular. Like, I, I mean, a lot of the things, the books that Reese Witherspoon touches kind of um, turn to gold. And so just putting it out there for you, Opening Bell by Maureen Sherry, you'll probably be hearing more about it. Um, if nothing else, than because Reese Witherspoon is, is uh, doing the movie adaptation, and I'm sh- I, I am I'm almost positive the movie has already started to be um, cast and maybe even in production. So, um, enjoyable, um it's not nothing groundbreaking, but fun and, um, might be a good book to take on spring break kind of thing, but still you're learning about wall street. So that's kind of a a nice addition as well um okay and then the last book that i'm reading i'm almost done with it it was my book club book for february but we had to postpone and i'm glad we did because i had not finished reading it yet um the readers of broken wheel recommend um this book came out in paperback maybe maybe a few weeks ago it's by Katarina bivald um b-i-v-a-l-d um this is actually a translation, which I think is interesting. So I believe the author's original language is Swedish, so it's been an international bestseller, and it's just making its way to the States. Publishers are really pushing it. It's on the cover of um, this month's indie list, which is the list independent bookstores put out of their favorite novels. Um, it is a book for book lovers in the same vein of Storied Life of A.J. Fickery Mr. Penumbra's, oh, whatever the name of that, Mr. Penumbra's bookstore or 24-hour bookstore. Um, I'm enjoying it. It is not my favorite book, um, but I think it is definitely for some people. So I feel like um, it's so hard to to give fair and honest reviews because books are so personal. And we said this a few weeks ago when we did our episode about Perfect Days. There's still an audience for that book. Like, just because I didn't like it or just because Rebecca didn't like it doesn't mean there's not an audience for it. Um, readers of Broken Wheel is not, is not, I don't think, my cup of tea. I like books about books, but I also need them to be a little bit more hearty, if that makes sense, a little more meaty. Uh, and this one is just, it's very, um, it's very light. There's a romantic aspect. The writing style isn't my favorite, but again, I think that could be a translation issue. I would love to be able to tell you what my book club thought about it, but we're not meeting till next week. Um, I will say that the girls who have come in and bought the book and discussed it pre book club, um, most of the women in my book club have loved this book or have enjoyed it. And then I do know one of our customers read it and thought it was okay. That's kind of how I feel. Um, it's okay. And if you liked the Storied Life of AJ Fickery, which I loved. Then, this is another book about books, so you're going to get some more book recommendations just from reading this one because the book features a Swedish woman who has um, traveled to the United States to meet up with her pen pal and she's meeting her pen pal in the home t- the woman's hometown of Broken Wheel, Iowa, I think. Now, I'm wondering if it's Idaho. Um, but Anyway, she gets there and discovers the town doesn't have a bookstore, and so she takes it upon herself to open a bookstore. No spoilers there. That's kind of what happens in the first few chapters. And it's all about her breaking into this small town. I think it's cute. That's what I think that is my final verdict I think readers of broken wheel recommend is a cute story and if you are into cute stories then you will enjoy that how about that um so I haven't quite finished that one I don't know if it counts in February or March I don't know where I'll put it in my little in my planner where I keep track of the books that I read but I'm almost done so I kind of think I should count it as February but um those are the books that I read last month So um, I hope you get some good reading recommendations, some books to add to your library list, to your indie bookstore list, uh, so that you can buy one the next time you're in an independent bookstore. Uh, My favorite of the month was My Name is Lucy Barton, um, but also really enjoyed American Housewife and would love to know your thoughts on Meg Wolitzer's The Interestings. As usual, you can find full episodes of the podcast at our store website, www.bookshelftomasville.com. We're also on iTunes, and that's where you can rank and review us. If you want to follow us on social media, that's a great way to keep up with what's happening in the the bookstore day to day. And it's a great way to let me know what you think about the books on my list every month. Um, You can find us on Facebook at Bookshelf Thomasville and on Instagram and Twitter at Bookshelf t Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week.